This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, we're recording. Woo! Literary Briefs episode! Yay! Okay, um, I'm your... I'm ready to drink more. That's the problem. Okay. So, I'm your host, Erica Lance. With me is... Vanessa Valiente. And our guest today is M.R. Noble. She is amazing. Okay, Woo-hoo. let's talk about what we're drinking because she blew us away on the last podcast. <laughs> so, I have refilled my... Um, uh, ginger whiskey and cold apple cider even though that's not how you're supposed to drink it so i'm very proud of myself it's actually really good so misunderstood ginger whiskey vanessa what are you drinking i am still drinking my yingling it's still a five star five star taste but one star on the execution because our author here has car bombs so yes i I mean i I can't compete with that (laughs) mr noble Hi guys. What are you drinking, my friend? I'm drinking the dredges of my car bomb. <laughs> it's still going strong, ladies. Have one car bomb and that's all you need. <laughs> yes. I wish I wish that was true for me. It's fine. It's okay. I've figured out a way to turn my habit into, you know, fun. So this is the rapid fire questions. Okay. I get to pick a, a special rapid fire question to begin with because you wanted to mention this. Who has given you your only review so far? <laughs> All right, so it's very controversial. I had a bunch of New York Times romance authors offer to give me a review. And when they started reading, like these are our naughty but nice girls um, who write fantastic books, really catchy, really fun. And they started reading my book and they had that what the fuck moment that I talked about at the beginning. But then, then they said, oh, this is really good. And they kept reading. So by about maybe 200 pages in, um, they messaged my agent. And they said, I just can't take violence anymore. <laughs> and this romance is so violent. I don't know if it's the same brand as my romance, which has no violence, <laughs> which I can really understand. So the yeah, only quote that I have, pardon me. Anyway, finish. The only quote, because I think the only quote that I have on my book is from a super authentic meetup on Twitter, believe it or not. Um, I loved what we do in the shadows. I think the actors are brilliant. The directors are brilliant. The film is just so well done. And um, I saw on Twitter that someone I followed posted a vampire picture, which I love a fantastic vampire story. And that vampire happened to be Peter from what we do in the shadows. So I made some sort of a comment about how hilarious it was and what a faux pas it was to eat stew. (laughs) And uh, what happened was um, Stuart uh, Rutherford actually commented or liked my comment, which was hilarious at the time that the actual actor liked my comment, me being, you know, a know nothing author up in, Ontario, Canada. And uh, so later when the book was done and I was looking for reviews, I reached out to Stu, poor guy. I tracked him down at his work and I sent him an email. It's not stalking if it's for good reason. Yeah, I'm not stalking you. It's just from Twitter. So I'm that funny (laughs) girl from Twitter. Would you like to give give me a review? 
and uh he was so sweet and he said yes so he gave me a review he read my book he loved it i have this fantastic review from Stu. and uh to this day my husband and i joke that whenever he talks about Stu, i'm like oh Stu, oh he's so nice <laughs> because oh yeah Stu okay. gave me this fantastic review. So, and he's a wonderful person and uh, a wonderful actor. And I'm very blessed to have his review on my book. No, I think that's, I'm super excited to read it because I'm all about this violence thing. And I'm all a, about that too. If you're writing, <laughs> if you're writing a re, you're asked to, sorry, if you're asked to do a review, you're not asked whether or not the fucking book matches what you write. You're asked to do a review of the literary work that you're being presented with. The only acceptable response to me is, this is not my type of book. So if it's not their type of book, fine, don't write a review because you're not my fucking audience anyway, so fuck you. But um, other than that, you don't get to go, it's too violent for my, like, I don't write, I don't, nobody hits each other in my, fuck you. Like, just, <laughs> is it a good book? Okay. Um, love it. I lost my pencil. I loved it so much. <laughs> Wicked pencil. Okay, what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, so like everyone's like haunted vagina again. Like, how can I compete with that? But my favorite book is very lame. It's actually George Orwell, nineteen eighty four. I just find the demise of lovers so bone grindingly crushing, <laughs> and I'm such a masochist that I'm so haunted by the end of 1984. And I want to dream up all these different endings of how it could have gone better and how they could have made it. And so I think that out of all the books I've ever read, 1984 is the one that just resonates with me the most. Like after every time I read it, like for weeks, I'll be thinking about, well, maybe if they did this, you know, they could have done it. My husband's like, give it up already. So like, I just, I, I feel like it really it resonated with me. And it had that bone grinding, like numb your teeth, sort of, uh, sort of resonating that where it really hits home. Um, so it's still my favorite book to this day. And no matter how many times I reread it, I can't shake it. Okay, um, and we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, but what are your least favorite book? <laughs> so my my wonderful and talented and so smart, uh, Jenny Nicholson. Um, I don't know her. <laughs> I am I'm I like to just your, your YouTube fan. Like I don't know you, Jenny, but I feel like I know you. Um, she reviewed the book Troll, and it is by far the worst book ever written and I love you I love you for bringing that into my life I think it, she says it's something like a hundred pages of a three book so imagine condensing three books into a hundred pages and I think the plot like finally emerges in like the last 10 pages <laughs> that is just so obscure and so bad and I like us writers we hate throwing other writers under the bus I get it um you just have to watch this video. You have to watch her video. You have to understand the debauchery you know, it's, it's, <laughs> that happened with the craft of writing. And you will cry. You will cry laughing. You will cry laughing. I pray to God that my book doesn't wind up on her channel ever being reviewed. But <laughs> if it does, it is karma for saying how horrible Troll is now. <laughs> well, you know, 
you know, people keep saying you don't want to talk about the crowd. Here's the thing, though. Here is the thing. Um, talking about the craft, talking about anything that you, has any art to it, you're allowed not to feel in a positive way about the art. And my biggest thing is the books that I find um, not good or would be on my list of books, right? So are books where the craft is not good. It's not that I don't like the story. It's not my genre. I was given Shogun, for instance, many, many years ago. I didn't fucking read it because no, I don't want to read that fucking book. It's so long. Planes of Passage is like this thick of a Fuck that. I didn't know. I don't have the time to look at the grass and stuff. Not that it's a bad book or the author's bad, but I just don't have the time. That's different than I start reading the book you didn't get this fucking edited. You don't understand tenses. You are saying the wrong words because you don't know the definition of them. That is a bad book. And that is attributed to not necessarily a terrible writer, but a writer that didn't take the fucking time to get their craft honed. Because I wouldn't necessarily dislike it if that was the case. I'm not going to bitch about something that's not my genre. I read a lot of paranormal romance. I read horror books. I, you know, I read mysteries. I love books on serial killers. Please don't, I swear to God, my computer history is going to end up being the death of me if I get arrested for a crime. But um, <laughs> I'm putting this on out there so that somebody can pull up this YouTube channel when that happens. But I think it's different than if somebody puts a bad piece of art. Like, I don't have to see, like, some art. There was one artist in New York that was, like, throw... It was The whole entire thing was a displays of garbage. And I'm like, to me, that is not art. You don't get to display garbage, and it smells, and you've just, you know, piles, and you've thrown it at canvases, and go, this is art. Cool if you think that, but no fucking way invite me to that stupid thing. I'm not interested. So I don't think it's it's bad to say. Now, I wouldn't personally attack an author, and I think that's the difference. Like, I'm, I haven't watched um, Jenny Nicholson yet. I will, as soon as we're done with this podcast, and I've had, you know, a couple more drinks in my remotes in my hand. <laughs> that will be happening. We're in COVID. But I think that it's not bad to criticize a piece of work if there's a legitimate critic. Critical. There's a legit. There's a legitimate reason for merit. The criticism. Thank you. Using all the words. I think there's that. Okay. So with that said, next question. You um, uh, you know, I don't think I quite got. Or there's a lot of ginger whiskey in my brain. Either one could be the case. You plot, right? You are a plotter. Yeah. So I actually, I I do the least amount of work possible for plotting and I'm so masochistic when it comes to myself and my writing because I will plot something and then I usually write a fantastic three chapters I really do I'm very inspired for my three chapters they hook you they hit all that points on on uh, marketing and then I freaking love for my characters to take the wheel. So I'll plot my book and I'll put all this time into it and I'll be inspired and I'll sit down to write and I'll be so masochistic to myself in the sense that I'll start writing and my characters completely take over. They throw the plot out the window. We're gonna have to explore this. And actually in, in Carolina Delka, Dark Eyes, the first book, um, when I first sent it to an editor, 
<laughs> you guys are going to hate this. So my first book is 70,000 words, like right on the money. And it originally was 110,000 words. And I sent it to the editor and she said, like, you need to start the book on chapter seven. That is when you first started writing. That's when you first started writing. And I was like, you are an amazing editor, Miss Kimmy Beach. You are an amazing editor. You're so right. So I had to turn, I think, a, like, like a huge amount. I had to turn like seven chapters into the first three of my book <laughs> and then get it going. And I had to get it going so fast. So I cut like, oh my, like at least 40,000 words from my novel, boom, to get it to that point. And she said, this is where you started writing. And I told that editor, Miss Kimmy Beach, you were so freaking right. That is when my character took the wheel. So up until that point, I stuck to my, my plot. But at that point is when I let the characters take the wheel. I threw everything out the window. And she told me that is when you truly started to write. So I rewrote the whole book. I sent it back to her to see. And I think my first draft, bless her heart, she gave me like 14 pages back on critique on my first draft. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. And then I rewrote the whole book and I said, okay, if you're going to put the time into butchering my, my work and, and um, just annihilating it, this is worthwhile. If you put the time in to tell me where I went wrong, this is totally worthwhile. So I chopped the book from 110,000 words to 70 and I sent it back to her and the amount of notes that I got, I went from 14 pages of notes to two pages on my second. Oh, wow. And that's how I knew that I improved. So after the, the next, so she, she looked at the first draft and the second draft. And then after, I guess the next three drafts were, were all my own and I own that. But um, just the transition and, and writing process that it took to go there, like, yeah, absolutely. So I found out that I write my best when I let my characters take the wheel and literally it's like a movie in my head and I let it flow. And surprisingly, I actually stick on beat more with doing that than I do with plotting. Everyone talks about beats, beats. And when I first started writing, I was like, what's a beat? <laughs> and I remember in my writing group, like there was some lady there, you know, she probably seen a couple wars and <laughs> a couple of writing wars. And she told me, if I have to tell you what a beat is, then you shouldn't be writing. Oh <laughs> I took that home with me and I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to take this anger that I have towards now and I'm going to put it in my writing. But um, when I actually don't plot, I am far, far more on beat. So I found that to be really interesting. So I've taken uh, the advice that I've been given the, thus far, the good, the bad, and I've turned it into what I can. And um, so for now, plotting and then butchering myself and throwing it out the window, which is fantastic and whimsical. Um, is what yields my results. So I plot and then I murder my plot. Wow. I, I think it's, everybody has a different style <laughs> of writing that they get to. 
And I think an author acknowledging, like, I've seen people do, like, outlines and all this stuff. And if it works for them, I'm like, knock yourself out. Just do whatever you're going to do. But I think an author has to find what actually gets them putting words on paper. I don't give a shit about all the other stuff. I give a shit that you're actually getting words on paper and you're producing a product in the end. Whatever that is, go for it. But if you're spending a bunch of time not actually writing because you're doing something else other than fucking writing, then you <laughs> need to figure out how to cut that out of your life so you write. Whatever it is, if you want to have an entire wall behind you of post-its and little strings attaching the plot line, if that works, as long as you're putting fucking words on paper, great. But if you're just like doing that. that and your accomplishment is a post-it board on the back of the thing with a bunch of string, fucking throw it away, light it on fire, and actually write some words on the paper. <laughs> so true. Burning it in the backyard may yield some more results than anything mm -hmm. else. Well, You never know, about, right? Uh, the great thing about writing is it's not like math right? Where there's only one way to get to the problem. Like writing, there's literally a million different ways. And if yours doesn't work the same as someone else's, it, that's okay. As long as the words are on the page, like Erica said. <laughs> yes, Vanessa, as long as the know, words are on the page. Yes, that's it. That's what matters, right? Like, and that's, yeah, absolutely. It's, and like, it comes back to your tribe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Her tribe just has a bully in it. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, um, you talked about getting your review. I think that's awesome. And what a way to go into the world of reviews. Um, <laughs> do you give reviews on books? I would love to. I haven't yet. I'm like, I've mentioned Lonnie Cameron. Um, she's a debut author. I think she's going to be fantastic. Like, high fantasy world, hold on to your fucking hats because she's going to blow you away. And I truly believe that. Like, I think she's a fantastic author and um, I think she's going to blow people's minds, truly. Um, so I'm behind her. I'm hundred um, percent supportive of her work. She's a good friend of mine. And um, we met through the love of writing. So it's not that she was a good friend that I'm like, rah, rah, go team. You're a great writer. And I say that without merit. It's that we met because she was a fantastic writer and we both met for for coffee and um, to go over our manuscripts and to annihilate each other's manuscripts and make them better and this is actually prior to my publication so i am saying this because i think she's a fantastic writer so i i hope i can give her a review one day <laughs> i have yet to give a review i would love i love i love to be a part of the the journey for other authors and give reviews absolutely um have i done it yet no so I hope to in the future. So we need to get you on giving reviews to certain authors. See how oh, yeah, you do. I'd be into we it. Yeah. Put you on the stage and see how you do there, Em. Yeah, perfect. I'll wing it. But <laughs> if you'll be okay. happy I with that. <laughs> I everything I do, just for perfect. the record. It's interesting because I do public speaking and stuff for my day job. And cool. they always want to give me like a script. And I'm like, you don't want to give me a script. It's going to go horribly wrong. Give me some bullet points and <laughs> I've got this. I can remember what to do at that point in time. Okay. So let's talk a little bit. Um, we, we talked about your process, how you got here and all this. And it's really interesting talking to somebody who is a debut novelist, because it's not like you're, you're knee deep in the mire and you've written a hundred books like Kenya Wright, who just whatever makes us all look bad. It's fine. She's <laughs> She can make us look bad. But she's so lovely. Um, 
like make me look bad but you're so lovely like we don't care we love you anyways <laughs> he is and she is so supportive of the other writers like me and honey cummings are actually going to um take over i think she calls it her k kellers on the 25th of october no I'm so about that. but um so you're going through this process uh, you obviously have a lot of support of your family which is awesome right and your husband who's like go ahead and you know have empires and have them kill people so um when it comes to reading though what do you love to read oh um anything fast-paced and dirty as bad as it sounds so like i love my urban fantasy i have read high fantasy i actually really do like terry goodkind i know he passed away he has mixed reviews because of um not everyone took to his writing um he also has mixed reviews because of a person i think i read i got into the first eight to nine books of his series which speaks a lot uh i did enjoy his series um i did recently read listen to the wind um fantastic um harry dresden he's on my back my back bookshelf not everyone is a fan of his his style of voice or his execution or grammar but i loved his books i read the first 13 i haven't read the most recent i got 13 books in to at least that series and they're so fun i suggest it to anyone who's an urban fantasy reader um anita blake i do love her stories um the suki stackhouse series i actually use as a comparable for my book which may be pretty egotistical because <laughs> they're fantastic um, Please just I've, tell me you don't change the race of different characters because I really appreciate Charlene Char Harris. Charlene Harris. Charlene yeah. Harris. <laughs> yeah. But she fucking changed the actual race of a character in the book. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how does nobody get this? So, wait, I have to ask, what team are you on? Bill oh. Eric. I love Eric. <laughs> I love Eric. Oh my God. He's so saucy. I just fucking love Eric. Ugh. And like, let's talk about Alexander Skarsgård for a minute. Oh my God. That man is Have you like seen him in created by Valkyries. His body is like solid as a rock. Oh. Yeah. Well, his body in that movie, if you, if you Hi. listen to him talk about getting ready for it, he's like, whatever i i know i know we can't eat pasta poor soul my husband like he, Italian, he was literally <laughs> they eat what do they eat um uh baked chicken breast and broccoli that's all they eat for like six months to get ready for those rolls to have that little bone thing yeah oh, <laughs> fucking scars guards all of them they're fucking they're beautiful right. people oh yeah <laughs> so um yeah. Who would, okay, so you- But I also read a lot of historical fiction. I was just gonna say one shout out, um, fantastic historical fiction. I can't read it often because I love a fast paced book. Like give it to me quick and dirty. But my mom was reading The Secret Life of Theodora. And she's like, oh, it's so good. You have to read it. Okay, mom. So I borrowed it. It was so good. Like talk about a historical fiction that is fast paced. I bawled my eyes out within the first i can't remember what chapter it happens in but within the first two to six roughly chapters i bawled my eyes out and that's early to get attached to a character like the secret like life of theodora is a fantastic historical fiction it's all about the byzantine empire and the rise of theodora as a person so there's a really cool women's lib vibe but like talk about a 
quick and dirty pacing and fantastic, powerful writing. So that's really my shtick um, when it comes to historical fiction. If it's like long-winded and full of purple prose, you're not going to hold my attention. I'm sorry. I have the attention of a goldfish when it comes to writing. But um, that's an example of the amazing historical fiction that I actually could read. Uh, otherwise, like I love a fast-paced urban fantasy. That's very cool. So um, your character, so you actually are going to do three different series with three different very strong female characters. Pose, not giving yeah. anything away, although she come to Four Horsemen. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about that for a moment. But if you could pick somebody, I don't think I've ever asked this, and I don't know why this just came to me talking to you, but whatever, it's fine. It's my show. Um, who would you pick to play your lead character of your current series? All right. So let's see. So um, Carolina Delka in Dark Eyes, she is a proud Canadian. She is a first-generation immigrant and she is Romanian. So she's got to have some sort of a Romanian vibe from what's going on there. Um, I really picture like a dark, a, obviously a dark hair. She has dark hair, dark eyes. So she has to be a dark haired beauty. Um, but this, whoever plays her has to be full of fire, like absolutely full of fire. So um, as far as actresses go, I do picture Bonnie from the from the Vampire Diaries, even though like she, she wouldn't be from the right descent, but she's just like she's so passionate. Um, so that would be a good one. Um, Nina Doprave is also like she's a great pick um, for the dark haired, dark eyed vibe. But I feel like we really need a fiery character to go there. I was going to say, I don't feel like she's strong enough. If you want a fiery character, that is not what she pulls off Like all the she's, time. she's a lovely actress. She's fantastic. She's very intelligent. Uh, I think the role, if, when, if and when, I know you both said you'd offer to review the book, I'll review the book on Amazon, great. Um, when you read the book, this is a very powerful character. My female character was raised to be a nice, caring human, have human empathy, have human values. Um, but she's a complete monster. And she has to constantly battle that. And what separates my vampire book from a lot of the others that have been written so far is that my female protagonist is the vampire monster. This is not a human girl falling in love with a vampire. She is the monster. She is battling with being a monster and being human and fighting her urge to rip her date's throat out. Like that's her every day, Ooh. is that she'll probably die a virgin because she can't get much farther than making out without wanting to slaughter the person that she's with. So that's how she, like every female in any book I ever write. That almost Perfect. sounds like, uh, have, you, have you ever read Rochelle Mead's books? Yes. It's a succubus series. Oh, I haven't read the Succubus series. I love Vampire Academy. I oh, love yeah, I'm Vampire so glad. Academy. Do you do, uh, well, because I know that one's Romanian, Shrigoi, Moroi. Do you do yeah. Shrigoi? Oh. No, I don't do it that way. Um, so in my book, we have elemental magic. We have the charmed people um, that have magic of earth, air, fire, water. Um, they have the magic of the light and the dark. Um, so the people that... Um, you read about in the newspaper where a miracle happens could likely be someone with the light charm. 
Whereas the dark charm is giving out pieces of your soul to gain Ooh. power and end up becoming so monsters. Vanessa, or you're the light charmed and I'm the dark charmed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. But, but, but black and white, although it's a huge theme in yin and yang and, and historically in culture and religion, black and white is actually very gray. Right, there's so many different shades of gray to finally arrive at the point of absolute white or absolute dark. So the book uh, really investigates that as a concept. Um, so anyone can do magic, like humans, supernaturals alike. The charm is there, it is a force. It's almost like God in the sense that it's everywhere, is all around you and people can invoke that. Um, just like anyone can do wrong, anyone can also still do good for redemption. Um, so in sparking the light charm, the dark charm, in sparking the earth charm, the fire charm, um, it takes an extreme acts. Um, you can also be born with certain aspects. So there's a very complex magical system that sets my book apart, and it's grounded deeply in old tradition, uh, old tradition, cross-cultural in the indigenous peoples of Ontario, um, in the indigenous peoples of Romania, in the indigenous peoples of Egypt. Um, so like these are really rooted in all cultures cross-culturally without actually referencing any sort of religion or race, which I think is, is great in the fact that it's universal. And then we also have the multiculturalism of the supernatural communities. So Caro is a half vampire. Her mother is a vampire. Sorry, her father was a vampire, her mother is just charmed um, gypsy descent from Romania. She's a proud gypsy. Uh, we use the term in the book. She's happy that's where she came from and she owns it. Uh, gypsy is also a magical being, so it's never used in a negative connotation that other people may use. So she's proud of her heritage, um, proud of coming from gypsy descent across into Romania. Um, so with that said, uh, we have vampires, we have werewolves, we also have beings that have never debuted in a novel before, which I'm really excited about. Um, so it's, it's a really cross-cultural supernatural book. Um, and the, the Dark Eyes series is meant to be the introduction. And then as we delve deeper into the magical systems and the worlds and the different species um, over, over the Dark Eyes series, and then as well as the other two series, um, we're going to be introduced to a lot more cross-culturally. Cross um, so the Dark Eyes series is written first person from Carol's perspective. So that's what you're going to get. It's her hands-on experience of being introduced to the world. And then my next series um, has multiple point of views, which is going to introduce a lot more. And then the third series also has multiple points of view. So, and um, the third series is um, based a lot more in Latin America. So that's really exciting. Ooh. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to read the book. I'm excited to read the book. It's going to be. I have to ask Have you ever watched Peaky Blinders? Oh, yes. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I do have like um, totally your speed with the Romanian gypsy and then the fact that they are just I all see. morally gray characters. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am of Irish descent. A lot of my, I keep my cultural background like a little bit sort of close to my chest, but I am of mostly a lot of Irish descent and I'm probably a pikey. Yeah, absolutely. I did my 23andMe, had a lot of Spanish genes mixed with the Irish. So yeah, a lot of pikey in me. So that will come through 
a lot in my writing as well. Mm -hmm. I'm a black Irish descent. Do we know what that means? Yes, it means the Moors. Yeah, so a lot yes. of the Moors genes came out from Ireland. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is a lot of people don't realize that, like, Gangs of New York, I watch that movie. So when my parents came to America, not my parents, my great, great, whatever, um, they actually lied when they got off the boat and said they were Dutch <laughs> and made up a last name. Not even kidding, because if you watch Gangs of New York, the movie, for instance, it talks about the Black Irish, and they were everybody who was outside of the walled cities when England took over. Because England put walls around all the cities, so everybody who was not inside the city was considered Black Irish. I just attribute this to my drinking skills, really, more than anything else. So, <laughs> um, Which is a great skill to have, let's be honest. <laughs> it, it, it is. We were talking about it yesterday at work, as a matter of fact, because there's people that are like, I get drunk on one glass of wine, and I'm like, oh my god. Please. It's me, I'm sorry. I'm I know it too, people. Vanessa. You're, I, you're I'll admit it. Away. I know I'm not Irish though, so <laughs> not in me. <laughs> okay, so what is um when you're sitting down and you're writing and you can write anywhere, which is awesome, right? Do you have any sort of soundtracks you listen to when you're oh, writing? Absolutely. I love EDM, so like electronic dance music, which is probably why like my voice of my books is just so effed up. And they're like, oh, this is the darkest scene, but it's really peppy. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like probably was listening to EDM at the time. I love electronic dance music. I actually did a shout out on Twitter to some of the most amazing um, EDM I've ever heard. It's actually from Romania. They have the most amazing dance music coming out of Romania right now. It's fantastic. Some of it is older that I originally posted. Um, I love a lot of European dance music. I can't get enough of it. I started out as a rocker and roller. One of my favorite bands of all time was Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah, I love it's them. Fantastic, powerful, powerful music. And um, but I love, 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 love the dance music, the EDM that's been coming out lately, I just think is fantastic. And I can usually find a song that is very powerful and just resonates with me deeply uh, with, with each scene that I'm writing. So on Twitter, uh, I actually posted one of the Romanian songs that was the theme um, to my first book. I could just picture it. If it was ever a movie, I could picture it at the opening credits. I could picture it at the closing credits. I could picture it as the theme. Um, I was just so inspiring. So I used it to write, I think, chapter seven, Romania, the home of folklore. That chapter in my book, um, the music that I wrote about when she lands in Romania was inspired by the song that I posted on Twitter. So... Uh, you can check it out there. Is what's a what's that one movie? Blood is a blood and chocolate. Have you ever seen that one? It's a that, great movie. Absolutely. I was gonna say, I, I, reason, movie. I know, and I, I just I feel like when you when you're talking about all the Romanians, I'm like God. Ta I feel like a, she's talking about blood and chocolate and like Vampire Academy and all these different things. But the, like, oh my God! So like Vampire Academy, I I have all those books. I loved that series. Mm. I loved it. It was so much fun. I love who didn't want to be Rose Hathaway. You know what I mean? Who didn't yes. want to be Rose Hathaway? Uh, Blood and Chocolate, fantastic movie. Like dirty, fun, you know, passionate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really great. Yeah. That, okay, I, so 
I have a question, Vanessa. Sorry. People will see my finger gesture on. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I still don't think putting myself on the <laughs> idea, but what if your characters are based on people you know? Ooh. <clears throat> um, my husband and I had a joke that um, for my acknowledgement page, I did my acknowledgements and then I was going to write, you know, enter a couple lines for some, for some dramatic impact to all the lovers that I had before. Thanks for the material. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty much my book series. That's yeah. That's <laughs> um, so how much is, <laughs> how much is based on actual people? I think that the human experience will affect everything you write. Definitely. Um, and then I think our characters, at some point with any great writer, I hope that I could be great one day. Maybe I'm just kind of good. Um, those characters become real people in our minds, for sure. When we're writing them, they are real people. And then what we do is we flood our human experience into that character. And what I told a friend of mine when I was writing once, um, because one character was kind of flat and we were talking about that um, just at the early stage of her writing. And I said, our characters only ever have what we give them. Imagine that for a second. So imagine if you never had a birthday. Imagine if you never had loss. Imagine if you didn't have loving parents or if you didn't go to school. Imagine what you have because your character only ever has what you give them. So if you gave them love, maybe they'll be loving. If you gave them a convoluted relationship with one parent, maybe they're going to be jaded. If you gave them a predisposition to maladaptive coping, then they're not going to cope well with the hate or the loss they have. Do they have a vice? Like, what is it that you're giving them? Because your character will only ever have what you've ever given them. So if you look at what we have as people that give us the human experience, I think we draw from that. Like, we watch our friends struggle, or we watch our friends succeed, or we watch ourselves succeed. And, like, those moments are moments of pain or, like, moments of euphoria or something in between that's not as extreme. But whatever that is, that's a human experience. And I think we draw from that and then we try to siphon it into our characters, being writers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, you know, whether we're a magician or we're a masochist, we're gonna siphon whatever we can into these little characters on the page. So I think that everything we have, everything that we ever write is gonna be drawn from us and people we know for sure. Um, it's just what we choose to give them will probably depend on how we feel about that character. Is that too convoluted of an answer? No, um, actually convoluted and a perfect point that I'm going to say, how do people find you? Oh, <laughs> how do people find me? Um, okay. So I work for the government. Like, which is no, why. don't not how people find you in real life. How do people find you? <laughs> I, I was making a point. 
So I'm um for my day job, um until until I eventually branch into writing. Um, my nickname at work is Dizzy Princess because I'm that person that comes in the morning like, morning, I brought coffee. <laughs> That everyone secretly wants to drive over with their car. <laughs> so, or not so um, secretly. It just depends. <laughs> yeah, I'm also um, I'm also a trauma specialist. So in a lot of my books, there's a huge underlying theme of trauma and loss. So I think that um, I cover some pretty hot hardcore topics in life and in writing, um, but I'm also a very bubbly person. Which makes so how do very find you as a writer, though? So I was just saying, so this makes for a very confusing voice. Um, my voice is optimistic, uh, and I can and the, and the voice of the story is always perseverance, um, whereas it's also covering some pretty dark themes. So I think as a writer, um, I have these romantic notions still despite 1984 that love can conquer all and that one person can make a difference and I have these beautiful romantic positive um notions while throwing my characters into these horrible horrible situations <laughs> oh I can't wait okay so if um you have a website what is your website so it's www.mrnoblefiction.com and your Twitter? It is at MR Noble. And your Instagram? Uh, it should be MR Noble. MR dot, like M dot R dot Noble. Yeah. Guessing. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming the Facebook that's soon to come will be that soon. as well. Soon, yeah, to come. soon to come. And with the newsletter on the website. And the newsletter, you, absolutely. You have been a fantastically wonderful guest, my friend. Thank you. You have been awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I have to showcase been... the empty glass, guys. This was drinking. She, yeah. drank. she beat us all. I got, I still have half of this beer. It's not beat us all. Vanessa, <laughs> seriously, what the hell kind of drinking with authors are you doing? You're like, I'm kind of drinking. Uh, no, listen, I was put to shame at the very first hello when she busted out with an Irish car bomb. And I was like, oh, wah, wah. Oh my goodness. Okay, this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Erica Lance. And our guest has been M.R. Noble, and we'll see you next time.